You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Welcome back, Propane Fitness Podcast. I am here with a very special guest today, Angel. He has been my coach for the last 18 months, last two years. Um, and really, I was drawn to his YouTube channel just basically coming stumbling across him and seeing how complete his body mind spirit approach is he's a, probably one of the most open-minded people that i've met in terms of taking any of these wild claims that you see online um, with regards to cold showers no fap meditation uh, carnivore diet any of that stuff you name it he is happy to just dive in try it properly and he's just he's basically a psychonaut um explorer of the mind and body and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to finally have him on the podcast Angel, hello hey thank hello. you for coming on today of course bro so to for people that haven't heard of you um could you give us a quick overview of um what's led you up to this point and setting up this channel and the kind of journeys that you've been through so far I think it was just the process of waking up, you know, like we all go through social conditioning and uh, we all go pretty much through everything like nature, nurture type thing, you know, and you get to a point where you kind of wake up and you're like, yo, I have to change some things. Like I woke up one day and I was like, I, I don't like who I am. I don't like what I do. I don't like the life that I live, so I had to do something. This is an interesting juncture in a lot of people's lives because I think there are many people that will hit that point of like, oh shit, I'm kind of going the wrong way in my life and I don't like it, but I'm just going to medicate it and I'm just going to continue to um, layer on new ways of distracting myself so that I don't have to face that. And then further down the line, it just gets worse and worse um so i think being able to make that shift early on is is uh, so important yeah but it it wasn't that easy of a shift you see because like it was my sister's baby daddy who kind of like woke me up and it was a rude awakening because um we used to we used to stay at my mom's old house and we would go outside every night and either go for a run or we would go walk the dogs and every time we would do this we would smoke beforehand so one time we was we was walking the dogs and we were ridiculously high and then he just stopped me out of nowhere he was like what are you doing and i was like what do you mean what am i doing i'm i'm with you bro like i'm walking these damn dogs and then he was like no what are you doing in your life and i was like i mean i'm going to school uh i'm working at a job and at the time i was working at this one job <laughs> for like a few years, right? So I was kind of like in this rhythm. I was at school, I was going on this job, had a relationship with this girl for a few years now, but like everything was constant and everything had been like the same for like a few years now. And he's like, bro, do you understand what's going on in your life? And like to, to make a long story short, he basically showed me the impermanence of life and how like we could literally die at any point and what's the point of living in this 
this rhythm living in in this wheel that's just going in the same thing over and over again and he's like bro like in life you only remember the highs and the lows and then he he told me he's like bro look back a few years tell me what you remember and i only remember like the best points and the worst points everything else was like blurred and that's bro that the fact that like three years had passed but for some reason i could only remember like a handful of events blew my fucking mind most of the time just this daily monotony that of just doing the same boring stuff and being comfortable in the relationship and in the job exactly 100 percent, man this it it's funny because today is quite a big it's quite a big day for me as well quite symbolic in that i qualified as a doctor this morning um thanks man i'm over the moon about it and but it's it very much comes in with with what you're saying here which is like I was working in finance in a job that just was not stimulating, was not in line with what I felt like should be my, my mission, my purpose in life. But, you know, the money's good and you think, okay, like I could maybe just about sort of keep myself chugging along doing this. But then you look ahead and you think in 10 years time, I'm going to be in a real crisis of soul at this point. And it was a chapter in a book by a guy called David Dada, who in The Way of the Superior Man. Great book, yeah. So the chapter was basically um, talking about how you have layers of purpose in your life that fall away like um, layers of an onion. And if you are not living in alignment with with your purpose, you will never be able to be authentic because people will always sense that you're not being authentic with yourself and therefore your wife won't trust you your family won't trust you people around you won't quite they'll see that something's not quite right with you because you're not living in alignment with that purpose and so that alongside some other things i was like right i'm gonna have to make a change now and so that change started seven eight years ago and it's finally come to a a point of the direction changing so um yeah i I can't imagine what it would be like having can try to continue the previous path mm-hmm. it's facts man yeah so you you had this you, you had this moment of like being kind of uh slapped into awareness by your sister's baby daddy as you said who who was like you only noticed the highs and lows what was then the process moving forward from there denial man it was denial because he had told me that and it's like bro you're in the matrix and you you finally woke up you it's like you were they were you were given this red pill it was shoved down your throat and now that you see everything like just for a brief glimpse you're like oh fuck like i don't i don't want this i don't like this like you're trying to go back to sleep Mm -hmm. you're trying to go back into this dream you can't but it's like (laughs) can't man as soon as you take the red pill you're fucking woke bro like can't do anything about it and man like i remember like being with this girl and i'm just like fuck like i'm wasting my time We're over here watching netflix i'm like i know damn well that i could do something better right now i know i'm not gonna remember this and um it's scary man it's scary when you do something and you're like yo this this is time that i'm not gonna get back you know, and of course, you, you don't want to look at it as like, oh, you can't be so critical over your time and shit like that. Like, sometimes it's all right to do little things like that. And, and that's true. 
it's all right. But like when you're doing that all the time and you realize like, yo, fuck, like I could really use this time to do something to really experience something where I look back and I'm like, yo, like I, I'm glad I did that. I can't believe I did that. You know what I mean? Like, let's say going skydiving, for instance. Mm. It's shit like that. But man, it was just a huge denial process. And uh, slowly, slowly but surely, like, you know, the, the, the universe took its its role and it just kind of started started making shit happen for me and i was like all right fuck i gotta do something <laughs> so what, did it feel like you submitted yourself to to this change or was it more that um it was kind of dragging you through the weeds it was it was dragging me through it i never <laughs> submitted never submitted bro i don't think i submitted until um, like i got deep into spirituality um into like meditation and stuff like that but there came a time where, like, I stopped submitting and I actually found a way to better manifest and better, like, work with the universe versus just submitting and just, like, letting the universe only do its thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, it's like being in a relationship and then you say, oh, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to let the other person do everything. And instead of doing that, now it's like, okay, well, I'm doing things and the universe is doing things and we're working together. I see. That's interesting. Yeah. And like, I, I think that's kind of the, 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 the overarching theme, which is that, and, and, you, and you've, you've talked about in some of your videos about kind of, you've had quite a rough past in some cases. And yeah. um, this is like the difference between being ragged around by your own um, whims and your own kind of uh, animalistic desires and, and all of that stuff on one hand and just kind of being stuck in the monotony and um comfortable relationships and all that stuff compared to seeing that uh, having that pill as you said and then suddenly being like right this is now actually something that i can't look back on i i i, I can't turn back to because it's so nauseatingly impermanent and if i if I was to do that, I'd just be constantly aware of how fleeting everything is and how um, I'm just pissing my life away. So I suppose at that point, it it didn't give you a choice. And then it's like, well, Not at all, the pain of, of staying the same is so great that I've got to, I've got to start moving forward and stepping out of this world. Pretty much. So the, there's a few experiences that you mentioned as well about, like, that have brought you more into your body and i think um this is certainly palpable with the way that you if you look at so anyone who hasn't seen Ankhal's uh channel if you have a look at back on like some of the really old videos that he's done um there's a different almost like a different body identity that he expresses um i'm sure you'd agree with this man where like from years ago you were very much like your the, your muscular tension patterns were were different. Your voice was higher. You were more fidgety and more kind of angst angsty and so on. And I think over the years, it looks like things have dropped you further into your body, and you've become a lot more still. And that's the overwhelming presence that seems to come across now. Um, and people are always kind of commenting on this as well on the on the YouTube comments too. Um, can you talk to us a bit about that process? Yeah, so if we were to talk about my story and how, like, I ended up with 
the high pitch voice and like the the tension and all that stuff in my body it's instead of getting like real deep into it you know i just i had a rough childhood bro like i had uh my parents were divorced um my mom she was pretty much unemployed almost until like i was 16 or 17 and i had a she was with this man that was staying at the house for like eight to nine years and but this man was like the epitome of like a terrible human being right because i was maybe like eight or nine years old and this man abused me physically mentally emotionally for bro almost eight to ten years man like it was a very tough point in my life so it's like when you go through that shit you start to hold all these uh this trauma you start to have these neurotic holding patterns in your body like bro i would get to the point like i would be in my house right and then anytime like i would hear the garage open mm. like i was conditioned to instantly feel fear and just like start looking around and shit like all nervous as soon as i started to hear that garage open because i already knew what was coming it's horrendous it's like mm-hmm. i've heard people i've heard um Kit Lachlan talk about kind of Wilhelm Reich's work about how we create character armor as our forms of muscular holding patterns and forms of tension, the patterns of tension we have in our body from in response to our environment. And for you to have been exposed to a dick bag, essentially someone who's um, done that to you at a young age, when you haven't got any of the defenses, there's, you know, when someone's, when, when you see a child, they're totally open to the world because they, they haven't developed that those patterns of tension and defensiveness mm-hmm. that that protect them really from other people's um, insult and so when you're a kid i guess that's why like abusing a kid is so um it's so harmful so damaging long term because they, they were they didn't have that defense up to be able to protect against it and then it, it really exactly. impacts on their identity and and as a kid too you know it's you just you're so centered into your life that like you see everything and and you kind of you play the victim role and it's like you you just do it you don't it's not like you can tell a kid oh stop being a victim stop playing the victim role like it it's almost impossible for a kid not to play the victim role because for them it's like this is all they know so far and like the the world is so small and they truly are like the center of their world. So it's like when something begins to go wrong, they feel like, oh man, like it's my fault. And they start playing the huge victim card. And, and it's weird, bro. If, if most people would have realized this, they would have realized that, yo, the victim card that they're playing right now is a result of like from childhood. Like if you could just break free from that shit. But I imagine most people don't. Like it's that's it it's been it's been cemented as what they think is their identity and then, then they're stuck with it for life and exactly it plays out in more and more kind of sophisticated adult ways but there's still the fundamental thread of like being a victim in that sense or being you know t- adopting a role that was put on them from a young age mm-hmm. and i think as we start to cement and get older I, i'd imagine it well no i, I it, it's harder to break those patterns it is, man. It's like I told you. It's when I had that uh, awakening. It's 
it dragged me the fuck on because I didn't want to change. I didn't want to like do anything differently. Like, and bro, I was only like 19 at the time. So it's like, I didn't want to change. Imagine someone who's like in their thirties or forties, bro. Mm. Even worse. Too much. They've set up so much of their life around what their identity is that it would almost rattle too much around them to, to change, to shift. Exactly. It's, bro, it's like you, you literally have to kill who you are to become who you really are. So if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, so that, so I mean, that was a painful process. You damn right, boy. <laughs> but um, aside from that, bro, when I had gone through all this shit, like I started, you know, I was waking up and I was realizing, oh, fuck, like why do I act this way? Why do I react in a certain way? Why am I so anxious and nervous when I'm around people? Why am I speaking from such a high place? Why am I speaking from my throat? Why is um why am I losing my breath when I'm speaking? Why am I speaking as if like I'm trying to get my point across as quick as possible? And then it's just like it started hitting me like, oh, it's my childhood. It's it's all the shit that I've been through. And then I started like looking up ways and you know, all this shit on Google, YouTube. Everyone talks about like um going to a psychologist. Um then you have the uh <laughs> Back then, I wasn't really into all the spirituality stuff. So you have the new age people saying, oh, you need to let go. You need to open your heart. And like I used to hear this shit and I used to laugh. <laughs> like, open yeah. my heart. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but um, it, it just got to a point where I was like, all right, man, I got to do something. Then I came across Ellie Holtz's videos. And this man was on... He was on some other shit. Like, I fucking loved it, bro. I loved the fact that he was just so... He was just so open, so out there. He's so uninhibited. I remember that, that one video when it came out and it went viral because people were like... It split people down the middle. People were like, whoa. Either Elliot Hulse has lost the plot or... Like, you talking about really the bioenergetic cool. one? Yeah. When he's going like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. I saw that shit. I'm like... <laughs> this guy's on to something. But yeah. it's always the people who are willing to make a fool of themselves that are, they're the ones that are on to something, bro. 100%. I'm telling you right now, bro. And I saw that shit, and then, like, I started looking deeper into it, and that's when I found primal screen therapy. And then I remember, bro, the first time that I did a primal screen therapy, I just, I literally just started imagining all the things that was happening in my childhood, all the anger, all the frustration, all the oppression that happened. And, like, I felt all these emotions begin to rise. And, like, what I did is I just, I started yelling as loud as I could. And I let myself yell however loud as I wanted, however long as I wanted, however many times as I wanted. But I let myself swing my arms in there. I let myself jump up and down. I let, I let myself throw myself to the ground, throw anything around me and shit like that, bro. And the effect of doing this shit was so cathartic and it was so releasing that as soon as I was done, it's like I've I've never felt this this peace, bro. I felt this peace in my body, in my mind, in my spirit, everything. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is the next level. No, that's when I knew I was like, all right, this is how I should feel, not how I was feeling prior. And then that's when I, you know, started to go deeper and deeper into my body to where my voice became deeper. 
I became more calm. My thoughts became more still. And just my energy overall is just very grounded and a present energy. See, I, I find this so fascinating. And this is exactly what has made me want to, to chat to you on the podcast and, and really hire you as a coach as well, which is like <clears throat> there is there's this moment of just vomiting of all of the, the stored up emotion, this kind of this purge. And mm-hmm. I think there'll be a lot of people listening who will certainly relate with your experiences. Maybe they've gone through, maybe they haven't had such a rough past. Maybe they have, maybe this, maybe it's been worse, but whatever it is, there's been experiences in their past that have created forms of their identity that maybe they've been struggling with or, or trying to try to let go of. And I think up until a few years ago, I was very much always trying to solve these problems from the neck up, you know, dealing with them at the thought level. And there is only so much that you can really untangle with thought, you know, it's like fighting fire with fire, isn't it? Like, and so going through, um, I mean, if you, my solution to things is always like, oh, can I find a book on this? Can I find a study on this? Can I, can I meditate more? Like, it, it's always stuff that's done from the head up. And I think in a lot of cases, it doesn't touch the, the huge well of stored emotion that is, that is our bodies. Um, and so to be able to see that there are practices and there are things that you can do that really start to access all of this stuff that's, that's going on beneath is, um, is so fascinating. Really? So there's been, I mean, there's been some, the stuff that you've explored, um, like it's been, obviously, so there's the bioenergetic stuff, there's the primal screen therapy, these are much kind of dealing with muscular tension patterns. You've also done a wide range of meditation styles, um, of dietary approaches, pineal gland experiment stuff, um, the cold showers, NOFAP. Can you talk to us a bit about some of these modalities and, and how they've fitted in with this journey? Yeah, bro, which one you want me to start with? Oh, okay. Um, I suppose, should, should, we go, should we go in order of chronology? So um, which, one, which one hit you first? Which one were you, were you most... Um... Uh, so meditation okay. hit me first. Yeah, so when I was doing the meditation, mm, it was hard to get into at first because, like I said, I wasn't into everything that they were talking about, and I was doing the guided meditation. But once I got into it, like I started feeling that that calmness and that grounded, kind of very similar to what I had experienced when I did the primal screen therapy. I was like, okay, well, this is something to add into the mix. Mm-hmm. All right? But like any good thing, too much of it is never a good thing, right? So my thing is, like, anytime that I find something that's, like, beneficial in the past, I would just go overboard, and I would, like, just overdo it. Like, if I find out that, um, like, when I first started working out, it was like, oh, protein. Protein's good for you. And, bro, like, I'm over here downing, like, six protein shakes a day and shit like that, thinking that it's actually benefiting me. Little did I know. Oh man, I 100% can relate with that. And I think a lot of the problem, a a lot of my own tension patterns, I think, over the years have been from pounding the lifting, you know, doing 
basically training as a powerlifter for years, training the same three movements for within the same rep range, basically lots of repetitive strain, the same muscles get tight, and then sitting over a desk, of course all of the flexors in the body are going to get going to get tight and then it becomes quite difficult to unload that because you've then got years of volume that you've trained with in those specific patterns to undo um and you see you see bodybuilders as well that sometimes if they based on the way that they've trained they can be so like wound up that they they don't really move in a normal way like you see them walk and everything's tethered to each other and they can't you know, th- there's no there's no free flowing movement anymore, and you, I'm sure that's happening energetically as well. They're breathing. It, it, it makes it even worse if they take steroids. Yeah. Uh, so the, the 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 resting tension, resting tone, and the muscles already worsened when they're on steroids, and then it's like to undo that just is like undoing a big knot. Hey, Johnny here, just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, the Propin Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. You just have to go to propinfitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. So, bro, before I continue, I want to ask you something. Um, With the powerlifting and everything like that, do you feel like it's a myth, this whole thing of like, oh, you can't work the same movement for too long or else the body adapts? I think you just have to rotate some of the variables at each stage and with powerlifting obviously you can't you can't deviate too far away from the competition lifts and so mm-hmm. the variables that do have to change need to be weight sets reps time volume rest uh periodization those kind of things can then be adjusted but the movement pattern itself the you movement can pattern, continue to do the same movement pattern without anything negative occurring yeah i mean there's i i think something negative or i mean for me like i i blew my my disc uh so i think that's definitely something negative occurring but um <laughs> but yeah i i think like if you're sensible if you avoid the pain triggers um listen to your body a bit more than i did then you can certainly squeeze more out of those movements but i certainly don't see i, I don't see why we shouldn't be rotating even like the width of the grip or like doing front squats for a while rather than back squats, Mm -hmm. sumo deadlift, conventional. Heard that, man. Heard that. All right. So meditation, uh, the next thing on the list was cold showers. I thought those were beautiful, man. Once I got into cold showers, like the 
euphoric feeling that I would feel after taking a cold shower. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a high, man. I can't even explain it. Um, the next thing on the list, I want to say was spending more time in nature. So I would make it a priority to at least go outside every single day for at least an hour. And that had profound effects, bro. Because like, you don't realize like how much we were designed to be in nature. Mm. Like We are animals, bro. We may have clothes. We may be smart, able to make shit like this, live in houses and all this stuff. We drive cars. Bro, we're still animals by nature. And it's like all animals are in nature. You don't see an animal pimped out in a fucking mansion with a Lamborghini and shit like that. So you, I know, you see them out there like running around. That you've got, we're operating these, these bits of hardware that are millions of years old, and yet, because we think that we know better, because in the last couple of hundred years we've made all this stuff that allows us to not be outside much, and our bodies are kind of rebelling against that, and they're saying, look, I just want to be outside, I want to, I want to change my temperature, I want to I want to move my body in Mm-mm. more free ways. And I suppose once you start breaking through to that, you tap into what you really have access to daily now, which is the, the full flow of your body. Yeah, man. And I mean, think about it. Like, if you were to just spend the rest of your life indoors, you would develop some serious issues, not just mentally, but physically as well. Like, bro, we need to get sun. We need to get the vitamin D from the sun. Like, you can't supplement that well with vitamin D. Like, it just doesn't work as well as just going out into the sun and getting some vitamin D oh, that way. 100%. I, I mean, just like, there's proof in the pudding of that when you go to any major city. Um, you go to New York, you go to London, and you look at people's faces, and everyone's just got like the line in their eyebrows, and they're so like wound up and 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 like aggressive to each other. You're mm-hmm. just thinking that this combination of factors that have kept people in this kind of cattle pen together is, you know, it doesn't produce relaxed, happy people. It doesn't, man. <laughs> it makes makes people gruntled disgruntled if that's a word yeah 100% but yeah man uh, aside from that man there's been a lot of other things that I've I've started but for like being more rooted in my body and being like more in that meditative state like these were the big ones. And I would also add no fap into the mix because, bro, you know, it, it's not a good thing if you're over here busting a nut every single day or if you're watching pornography. Pornography itself is something that should be eliminated, bro. You know that. I think everybody knows that on a deep level. Hmm. They're like, yo, I shouldn't be watching this. I shouldn't be watching these two people fucking and getting onto this. It just doesn't make sense, bro. And then, like, bro, if you get deeper into porn, like, that shit gets nasty. <laughs> like, bro, there's some nasty-ass shit in that shit. Bro, I don't even want to speak about the stuff that I was getting into at one point. But, man, like, looking into that shit, that's fucking disgusting. And then the thing is, man, I always ask myself, this is how I really, like, broke away from porn. When you, when you get into porn, 
you start to learn about what a cuck is. Mm-hmm. What a cuck is. So a, a cuckold, someone who's like, I, I don't know the proper definition, but like someone who watches their wife screwing someone exactly. else. Exactly. They, they're watching their girl get fucked, right? And the thing is, but we're still animals, okay? Keep that in mind. Meaning that when we see a woman, when we see a, a partner, someone that we can procreate with, it starts to release certain, I want to say, maybe neuro, neuro, neurotransmitters or chemicals within our body to where our body starts prepping itself and it gets ready. It's like, all right, we're going to do this shit. We're going to procreate. We're going to survive here. We're going to spread our seed. Mm-hmm. All right? you automatically see this woman as that. Okay, so you become aroused. You want to procreate. Now, when you're watching porn, bro, it's kind of hijacking this natural system mm-hmm. where you're seeing this girl and you're like, oh, damn, like, okay, it's time. We're going to procreate. So you're, you're almost like attaching yourself to this woman and you're, you're wanting to literally spread your seed to this woman but he or she is getting fucked by another dude and you're getting off to that. So like I always thought to myself, man, like porn literally makes people cucks. It's cucking the fuck out of everyone, man. Yeah, so th- this is a really interesting point that I think I've never really seen addressed properly. Like we we have a so I I did a podcast a few a few months ago on um, a client question that we got of someone who said that porn was basically like ruining his life and he was depressed and he was just in this cycle of of porn and um not going out and all this kind of stuff and yeah one of the big factors is like despite what as well as what you said about kind of getting desensitized to pleasure because it's always on tap and it's always um not being then able to kind of speak to people in the real world um as well as the kind of the going deeper into the kind of perversions and like weird variants of porn that are available but the other thing is as you said like evolutionarily if we are reinforcing practicing the behavior of watching two people have sex with each other and you're sat there what sat back dick in hand watching that going on like that's that's not you you were cuck at that point bro (laughs) (laughs) it's not yeah it doesn't seem like a, a healthy behavior to repeatedly instill in our in our minds and our behavior it destroys us, bro. It destroys you, not just on a, a mental and emotional level, but also on a physical and on a spiritual level, man. Like physical, because, bro, we obviously know what happens when you have an excess of dopamine. And then when you're over here releasing all your vital nutrients while busting a nut several times a day. But like on a spiritual level, man, like a cuck is someone who, bro, like, they're just, I would go as far as to say that they're they're just broken internally. And, like, for them to be aroused by, like, another man literally taking their woman and spreading their seed into their woman, mm-hmm. like, you got to be broken, man. Like, there's got to be something that's, like, that's really fucked within within you bro and like for you to low-key be doing that while watching pornography maybe you're not even aware of it but for you to low-key be doing that like 
you are literally fucking yourself in the ass or you're breaking yourself over time and like you're gonna get to a point where it's gonna hit you you're gonna snap you might be having sex one day and for some reason can't get it up or you might be having sex and you just not that aroused to where you you're enjoying the sex you don't really enjoy it anymore you don't have the connection with the girl anymore you'll be here looking at girls and uh you only see them as sex objects. And if I remember correctly, there's this one dude that said, uh, if you if you look at a woman like a sex object, then you're looking at yourself like a sex object. If you treat someone like a sex object, or like a, if you treat someone like an object, then you're treating yourself like an object as well. Okay. Which is pretty interesting. I suppose because we're like what you're putting out into the world is, is just what's being reflected at any time. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, it's like you treat someone like shit, you're probably going to get treated like shit. Mm, I see. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that is interesting. And so so I suppose you, you're saying there's like, that there's far-reaching implications beyond just like function and um, sensitivity to pleasure, but it's also about whether you can then maintain a connection with someone long yeah. term. And, and the, the, you said there was some spiritual benefits to it as well. Do you think, do you feel like these kind of accumulate over time or is it something that like, is it kind of binary? Well, so here's the thing, bro. A lot of people get spiritual benefits or spirituality in general kind of mixed up. They think that it's like this thing that'll accumulate over time or they think it's this like metaphysical thing that like, oh, I'm going to get this superpower if I do this or some shit like that. Mm. Honestly, man, like, we're all spiritual beings like you know like if you think about it like what the hell is keeping this body alive yeah what what is it can you answer that um depends on what level i suppose you're asking uh so hold on let me put my computer on charge what is keeping your body functioning at this moment in time so like at the lowest level we've got like atomic movement and then cellular metabolism and then oxygenation of cells and tissues and um organs functioning in synchrony is this what you how is that all happening i i don't know what you're getting at so what i'm trying to get at man is that our bodies are like cars they're like vessels and our spirit is the driver it's like what's actually driving this 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 car this body right and this this body doesn't last forever and you could say oh well it's energy as well you know energy is allowing the the heart to pump the brain to function all the organs everything the cells to function to the the best of their ability but man like what's what's utilizing the energy what's creating that energy that's something to think about you know but what i'm trying to get at man with the whole spirituality thing not to like, complicate it is that we're all spiritual, we're all on this spiritual journey. Like, for someone to say that uh, they're spiritual and this person is not spiritual is kind of ignorant. You know, you're kind of, you're closing yourself off to the fact that, hey, we all are spiritual, whether you're on this spiritual journey. Would you say? Like, that you can't not be. Like, it's like saying, it's like saying this person's physical or not physical. Like, you, you, you have to be a physical thing. It's exactly. just about whether you're, whether you're in touch with that and whether that's something you cultivate actively or not. 
Exactly, bro. So it's like you can't not be spiritual. You can't not be on your spiritual journey. Bro, we're all on this shit whether we're aware of it or not. Some people might say, oh, I don't believe in that bullshit. It don't fucking matter if you believe in it. Like, you're still spiritual. You're still on the spiritual journey. Like, when you experience something, that's a spiritual experience. Bro, if I were to go out right now and I were to climb onto the top of this apartment roof, right, and I would just walk on the top of that roof, it's a physical experience, but it's also a spiritual experience. You want to know why? Because it's a it's a high point. It's it's something that I'll look back and I'll remember. Mm. Yeah, got you. And so, <laughs> so I suppose then, like we've got this combination of um, <clears throat> of things, like the the series of like mostly physical inputs that have come together to to bring your awareness more into your body and more and. and as well as the behavioral changes as well, like aligning, letting go of the things that were just kind of being accepted and mundane in your life and moving forward into something that is adding value to people through your channel and um, mm-hmm. living your purpose and expressing yourself more more truly as well. Um, there were, I suppose there was a couple more things as well, wasn't there? So there's the, there's the dietary stuff. Like you said that yeah. you used to have some, some gut issues that... Um, you basically you went was it you went vegan for a while, and then I did. and then you vegan went for three carnival. years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Three years, bro. <laughs> Death. See, like the the one thing that you 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 can't no matter what people say about you, you can't say that you're not committed to an experiment. Like <laughs> to yeah, do, bro. Anytime I try something new, I go all in. But that's my personality. <laughs> I'm an all in type dude. I've not got the patience to do three years of veganism. Bloody hell. How did you feel as a vegan? At first, I felt good because, you know, I was coming from the standard American diet. So it's like there were subtle changes that were happening in my body. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, hey, this is it. This is it, chief. Mm. Like, I was real happy about it, you know. And, like, obviously, when you start going into something new, the way that you think, you try to, like, rationalize everything that you're doing and try to, like, convince yourself that what you're doing is like the greatest thing in this world yeah, bro been I, there, used, definitely. <laughs> I used to have all these ideologies and all these things that i would talk to people about where it's like man it just felt good to talk about these things like yeah i'm a fucking vegan bro i don't eat animals <laughs> and like bro you you talk to most vegans and that's that's how it is man they usually have these ideologies now you you have the other the vegans that are like they realize this and they also realize that everyone's different everyone um, functions better on different things, and they're more accepting of that. Those are like those are the humans, bro. Those are the real ones. Those are the woke and vegans. That most of the vegans I know are very vocal about the fact that they're vegan and will wait yeah. for any opportunity to to tell you about it, bro. But the thing is, is like all these people are vegan, and I'm gonna speak for myself as well. When I was vegan, it's like you're vegan, you stopped eating animals. Good for you. But what the hell are you doing for these animals that you care so much about? You're over here talking about this shit. Talking about it ain't going to do shit. Mm. Like, unless you're over here telling me, like, oh, well, I'm actually changing the, uh, the rights of the animals to where they're getting treated better. I'm changing the way of how the animals are killed. So instead of, like, being killed with deadbolts, they're being killed in terms of, like, halal. 
where it's no, bro, there's no cortisol released in the body of the animal whatsoever when the animal is killed during halal. And, bro, like, you should see it, bro. Like, the way they do this shit, there's no force, no nothing, bro. Like, they bring, they'll bring, like, a lamb. They'll put the lamb on the ground. The lamb at first will kind of, like, go crazy. I mean, like, what's not going to go crazy if it goes on its back, right? I mean, you put a, you put a chick on her back and she kind of starts going crazy at first. But, um, bro, like, they put this animal down on the ground. The animal kind of starts going crazy. And then they, they just, they start reciting these, like, verses from the Quran. And, bro, like, they, they put the ears, like, they, they cover the ears. They, they literally, like, hold the head of the lamb. And, bro, they get to the point where, like, they'll have one little finger, bro, just like this, like, one little finger, barely putting any pressure, just to keep the ear in place where it's covering the eye, where the, the lamb can't see anything. And the lamb is perfectly calm, bro, perfectly still, submitted, just on the ground, just relaxed, just ready for anything, right? And, bro, they did it to, like, a 300-pound lamb. Like, if it wanted to get up, it could have damn well gotten up. But, like, literally just one little finger. No pressure whatsoever. And the lamb was calm as hell. So it's like, yo, okay, if you're a vegan and you're, you're doing things to change the situation of animals, then okay, I, I, I commend you. I take my head off to you. Mm. You know, I respect you. But if you're over here just saying, oh, uh, hey, I don't eat animals, so I'm better than you. Yeah, you, you're right. I think it's about looking at the, and it's an interesting point about halal as well, where it's like, if if the point of it is to reinforce your own sense of identity and, and put yourself in the camp of like almost a religious group by mm-hmm. being, by saying, I'd follow this diet or whatever, or is it actually to improve animal welfare? And are you taking steps towards doing that in some yeah. way? Um, yeah, yeah 100%. I've, I, I've got a family member who was... Uh, he wasn't happy with the way that animals are slaughtered. He used to be a, a lecturer in a university and he was like, you know what, I'm not happy with this, I'm going to go set up a farm. And he did that about 15 years ago and now he's still running this farm. It's like a purely organic oh, halal farm where it's like, he, he basically was like, I'm not happy with the standards that animals are kept in and I don't trust any of the meat or the milk or anything that I buy, so I'm just going to do it properly myself and I'm, then I know that it's definitely legit and uh i like that yeah it's pretty cool so like he's he's definitely like out of all the people that you know he's put his money where his mouth is and he's been like right i'm gonna i'm gonna be that that's that's what you gotta do too and um you know another thing that i want to hit on here was like vegans they don't want to eat animals like suddenly out of nowhere or maybe it was something that they were taught from the beginning age but they don't want to eat the animals and they don't want to eat meat. But it's like, bro, think about it. One, if there was an apocalypse and, like, all was to go to shit, if you were to stay vegan at that point, you're pretty much guaranteed death. Like, natural selection, bro, you, you're you definitely in the mix. <laughs> you're going to be gone real soon. And um, if, if I was in, like, a group, like, uh, this is just me throwing it out here, just, like, fucking around. But if, if there was an apocalypse... I would probably choose the group of vegans, man, because <laughs> one, I would be able to get all the food. I would be able to keep the meat for myself. And then once the vegans start dropping, bro, I could just start cooking them up, bro. Because <laughs> they wouldn't eat each other. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't eat each other. They would look at me like a damn animal, but hey, I am an animal. We're all animals. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not unnatural 
for an animal to eat another animal. Now, yeah, people get into like the whole ethics and everything, but we have to understand that ethics is something that was created by us. It's something. It's a mental construct. Right now, is it bad what they're doing to the animals right now? Well, without a doubt, man, without a fucking doubt. And that's why I'm saying, like, if you really care about the animals, do something to change that. Do something to change the situation. Now, you're not going to get people to stop eating animals. You're not going to get the entire world to stop eating animals. And you're not going to get the um, these factories to stop killing the animals. So the next best thing you can do is to increase the living situations and the way that they're actually processed. I you know hundred percent agree. I think this is the kind of problem with there's a there seems to be a big wave more so in the states of people that are kind of piping up and complaining about certain ways that things are done in the world or ways that people behave or whatever, and it's like it's almost like they're they're justified in um, having those complaints. But at the at the end of the day, there is how the world is, and there is how you'd like the world to be. Exactly. And when people constantly live at odds with this, then they're not, you know, they're not making a change. They're not moving anything forward, and um, all it is is a, it's an empty complaint. And so, yeah. until they can actually do something to, to improve th- that welfare, then they have no real right to complain. Like if you're just sitting and complaining about it, but there's no, mm-hmm. you're not offering a solution. Like mm-hmm. as you said, like people are going to continue to eat meat. You cannot mm-hmm. change the the um, eating habits of billions of people. So, exactly. like, rather than kind of just be holier than thou and preach to people, then it's like, right, well, we've got to recognize that and see what else we can actually, what else you can do to further that cause. Yeah, and check this, bro. Like, a lot of vegans will pull the spiritual card and they'll say that these animals are being killed and it's a... Their energy, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's only transferred, and they have this negative energy that they're being killed with. So you're taking in that negative energy. And, bro, like, this is something that I used to preach myself, right? But it's like, for them to say that someone who eats meat is not spiritual is so stupid, bro. That's like a religious person saying, uh, let's say a Christian who believes in Jesus, they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they look at someone who's not a Christian. Let's say someone who's like lives in the butt fuck nowhere. They don't know about these things. They don't know about religion, right? And they look at this person. They're like, "Oh, this person's going to hell. They don't believe in Jesus, bro." What? Mm. I don't think it's up to you to decide that. So it's and if like you're claiming when, that that Jesus is so compassionate. Like, would would Jesus condemn someone to hell who has never never heard of him? Exactly. Bro, that, that's a whole nother topic, though. <laughs> but, man, I'm telling you right now, like, when it comes to that shit, bro, like, I think most most people that are vegan, they have it twisted, bro. And I, when I was vegan myself, I had it twisted. And the thing is, man, like, your ideologies get so twisted on this veganism thing that you become in denial of what's actually occurring within your body. So it's like people... Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who can actually function on veganism. Right? Their body can adapt to this shit. And the reason I say this, remember I was telling you about blood types and how I'm like really into the whole yeah. blood types. But there's a blood type that like meat is just something that they shouldn't consume. That's basically vegetarian and veganism. Those are the people that can thrive on the veganism and the vegetarian. 
right? But then there's a blood type where it's like, yo, meat is the best thing that they can consume. Like their body has such high levels of stomach acid that they literally digest fats and proteins the best out of any blood type. And that's blood type O. So O positive or O negative. Mm. Now, bro, on a side note, I'm fucking O positive. And keep in mind, I, I went to carnivore. And, like, I had no idea, bro. Carnivore is pretty much just fats and protein. Here I am going on carnivore feeling the best that I've ever felt in my life. And then I find this, this research here saying, hey, O, o blood type does best on meat. So, Obviously, you're going to eat vegetables. So and you stuff found like that, that out afterwards? Yeah, I found that out afterwards. I was like, what the fuck? So, so far, we've, I mean... I think we've sufficiently pissed off the vegans. I think I can see the comments coming in with that. Ex-vegan speaks out against uh, veganism as a... <laughs> and, and then just for further salt in the wound, you're also saying that you've now gone full carnivore. <laughs> yeah. This is I, something... well, I, wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say I'm full carnivore, man, because like, even that's like a, a cult in itself. I would say, like, man, I just I eat what works for me. So primarily I eat meat, but sometimes I eat vegetables. Sometimes I eat some macadamia nuts sometimes some dark chocolate I maybe mean, sometimes i might even cheat and have some indian food boy what's it so did you do full you went full carnivore for like was it two months or something and then yeah i want to say about two and a half okay two and, a half. and then you've yeah. like reintroduced other forms of like fats and proteins and things over the over the sporadically right so i don't like introduce it and then keep it as an everyday thing i like i'll eat macadamia nuts like maybe once a week or like, I'll have some dark chocolate maybe once a week. I'll cheat maybe like once a month or actually I haven't even cheated yet to be honest. Cool. So yeah, but um, we were talking about veganism and um, yeah. So the thing is, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't made for this. A lot of people can't handle this, and um, it's crazy. Like when I was talking about the whole blood types and how I was like getting into that. Before I got into that, I was already having this realization that, yo, we all developed in different parts of this world, so we all basically evolved to accept different things. Like some people maybe evolved to uh, handle meat better. Some people evolved to handle vegetables better. Some people evolved to be able to handle carbs better, bro. Like, people don't realize that not everyone in this world is actually able to utilize carbs to the best of their ability. And, like, they would know this if they were to drop their carbs down to the 50-gram range. Mm-hmm. You heard about the keto and all that stuff, right? Yeah, so I've done yeah. that for a while, and it was, like, for me, it was pretty grim. Like, my training suffered, and my yeah. mood was low, but... but when you reintroduce the carbs, because I was on a cyclical keto, so every mm-hmm. seven to ten days I would have a, a big carb refeed, and it's like it's like you're on drugs. Like when you reintroduce those carbs on one night, um, it's it's ridiculous. Like the the neurochemical. <laughs> now, how long did you how long did you do the keto? That's what I want to ask. So it was this was years ago, but I was I, I did a twelve day initial um, keto setting. And then oh. every seven days from that point, I would do um, the refeed. The refeed, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that uh, I don't think you gave your body enough time for the adaptation period. Mm-hmm. But bro, like it's not for everyone. I'll be a hundred percent honest and say that. But um, what I'm trying to get at with all this is that 
my body wasn't made for a vegan vegetarian type thing right and like as i was going through the vegan you know the first few months like my body was already letting me know hey buddy this this ain't it mm-hmm. we don't want this we need something else but your we mind is telling extra. you like you know what i've, I've got yeah. to double down on this veganism yeah thing. bro and like i said bro i got the all-in personality so it's like i'm extreme with it i when I was a kid, you know, I'm not I'm not religious at the moment. I, I guess you could say spiritual, right? No matter how we were talking about, like we're all spiritual, whether you say you're spiritual or not. But um, I used to be told like you're either hot or cold. Right? Like if you're lukewarm, I'm I'm gonna spit you out. This was something that was found in the Bible. Yeah. And um, that's that's how I've been my entire life. It's like okay, I'm either hot or cold. I'm either all in or all out. I'm not gonna do this like dipping my toe in the water seeing what's the temperature and shit like that but i'm <laughs> diving in that bitch i, I, I love so, that though because it, it means yeah. that you then get the full essence of whatever you're trying to do and then and then after you've done it you can be like okay i got these benefits how can i then pull back and still get some of the those benefits you know fight mm. in the future exactly so we've covered like we've covered the, the spectrum here we've covered cold showers veganism carnivore no fap, meditation, um, primal scream, bioenergetics. Um, is there anything to kind of pull this all together that you would recommend someone who is maybe listening to this and thinking like, whoa, this, like, I've not tried any of these things and, but I'm, I'm after this, I'm after this result. What would you recommend for someone who's listening? Mm, start with one thing. There's so much that, like, you want to go and do everything, but just start with one thing. Like, if, if your life is really where it's at and, like, you want to change, one thing will be enough to trigger the chain of events. You know, like, it could be something as simple as, like, getting to sleep on time and creating that sleep schedule. Like, you won't even realize it, but, like, if you can create a sleep schedule and you can get good quality sleep every single night, like, that will reduce the mood swings that you have it'll reduce the depression and the anxiety and all this shit that you might feel and it'll give you more energy as well like people don't realize the simple things how they can really affect you so critically yeah but yeah just start with something start with one thing get sleep under control start with something and then layer things on as you once as you get proficiency with each thing yeah well i'm just saying like getting to sleep on time that could be the thing that you start with I think, like, and, and I've, I'm sure you'd agree with this, which is, like, before you start any of these things, if you're doing something that is actively detrimental, stop that first. Yeah, this is true. So, like, like if, if someone's watching pornography, then, hey, stop watching pornography, you yeah. know? If they're drinking themselves to sleep every night, stop that. If you're smoking yeah. at the chimney, stop, you know, get yourself just to baseline first and then start to develop these... So, yeah. And on, been, a, on a side note, before yeah. you continue, I was gonna say that um, if someone does have something like that, where like it's they have to really overcome it, I see that as like a beautiful opportunity, right? Because I see like personally, I feel that as a man we should be tested, but shit, man, as women, women should be tested as well. So it's like when you have this, or not, but fuck the genders. Let's just say humans, right? Humans should be tested. You should not ask for an easy life. You should ask for the strength to endure 
a difficult one. I think mm-hmm. Bruce Lee said that shit. But um, when you have something that you really have to overcome, bro, like I think that's beautiful because it's like, yo, that's it. That's your gate. That's your path right there. You go down that and you're going to see some beautiful things once you get past that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that shit, bro. I love when I have like something really tough and like difficult in in my path, and I have to get past that shit. Because on the other side of that is is opening. Exactly, bro. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd heard it's been an absolute pleasure being being on the podcast with you. I'm so glad that we could finally do this. I know it was well overdue. I I promised this about a year ago, and then got caught up. Um, Yeah. So, I should say as well. Um, I have been on Angel's uh, Patreon for um, a while now as well. There's exclusive content on there. Um, there's, there's Q&As. You can, you can always interact with him as well. So any, any questions that you have about specifics or any of the stuff that we've just discussed, there is reams of content about um, going deep into uh, diet, carnivore, um, no fap, meditation, cold showers, any of that stuff, and really how to integrate those into your life, as well as general stuff as well so habit building sleep those kind of things too so if you're interested in more if you like what you've heard so far then how can we find out more about you and her all right bro so i have patreon now patreon is kind of like youtube but in the sense that i have no filter i can say whatever i want i can do whatever i want and not get flagged not get demonetized and not have my videos get taken down, right? So, and I definitely go way deeper in the topics. You know, I I find that with YouTube, most people that come across my videos, like some of them are more capable of like, you know, getting those thought processes going and like really di- diving deep into these these concepts. But a lot of other people, they're they're kind of on that unconscious level, and they just can't handle too deep of of topics which i mean you can see like if you make a video too long it's like people won't even watch the entire video because their attention span is so shit Mm -hmm. so if your attention span is so shit then i can't i can't assume that you're going to be able to uh dive deep into what it is that i'm speaking about so then i save that shit for the patreon i have like you said the live q and a's i've also added this thing where every single month i choose a random patron and uh, I do a Skype session with them. So it's kind of like an extra way to give back to the people who are supporting on Patreon. And um, as far as Patreon goes, man, it, it's, it ain't much. Like, you can pretty much get to, if you want to do the live Q&As and have the access to being picked or the draw, the drawing that I do every month, it's only a dollar, dollar a month. Um, if you wanted to have access to the, the raw video series that I do on Patreon as well as everything else, that's just $5 a month. It's not much. It's I consider it like a way for people to support the channel and also get even more in-depth content. And um, aside from Patreon, like if someone were to want to do coaching or something like that, I have my own website, um, angel.com. Uh, you can you can put the uh, the typing because I'm I'm not gonna yeah we will do we'll stick letter. all the links in the in the description and we'll link to yeah. your YouTube channel too yeah man but that's it man that's how people get a hold of me and if you're just trying to ask a question or some shit man I got Instagram I got YouTube I'm 
pretty active. I see pretty much almost everything. So, you know, if someone reaches out to me that way, I can definitely reach back. That's it, man. Well, if you like what you've heard, check out Alhil on YouTube first and then go for the go through the Patreon, Instagram and all that stuff. This man is legit. Alhil, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, boy. Alright, we'll speak to you soon. Take care, brother. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propin Fitness Podcast. We have a short request and a potential prize for you. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It just helps the podcast reach more people and allows us to devote more resources and time to making this podcast better every single week. In return, we are going to be selecting one of the reviews, announcing it live on the podcast every single week, and sending you two of our programs completely free of charge, both Faster Fat Loss and the V-Taper program. One is obviously a fat loss program, eight weeks long. One is the V-Taper program, which is muscle gain focused on the upper body, designed to basically get you a massive bench press, huge chest, and a massive chin-up. Who doesn't want those things? So we're going to be sending both of those to the best review. And all you have to do in order to enter this prize draw to win those two programs is to head over to iTunes or head over to propinfitness.com to get the link for the podcast and then visit iTunes that way and leave us a short review with your honest feedback, your honest comments. Let us know what you think of the podcast, what we can do better, what you like, what you don't like, and you'll be automatically entered into the prize draw to win one of these programs. We'll see you on the next episode and we hope to be shouting your name out very soon. Shout, shout, shout.